Welcome to Skin Care Moxie, the podcast to educate, inform, and empower you to care for and love the skin you're in. Presented by The A-Method, the medical-grade skincare brand co-founded by induction therapy CEO Angelia Insko in collaboration with renowned cosmetic dermatologist Dr. Tina Alster. Welcome listeners, I'm Kelly Fletcher, co-host of Skincare Moxie. If you're new to the podcast, here's a bit of background. Each week on this podcast, we dig deep into the topic of skincare, dispelling myths and sharing knowledge so that you, the consumer, can get the information you need to make informed purchasing decisions. And although this is a podcast about skincare, we don't always talk about skincare products. Sometimes we venture off and give you further education on ways to take great care of your skin. Today's episode is one of those. I co-host this podcast with Angelia Insko, co-founder of the A-Method medical-grade skincare line and skincare formulator of over 200 medical-grade skincare products. She's also the inventor of the collagen pen microneedling device. She's also my friend and neighbor in Florida, and it's good to see you via Zoom today, Angelia. Thank you, Kelly. It's great to see you. I miss you being here in Florida. I know. I know. I'm ready to get back there. It's cold up here in Tennessee. I'm working from here for a few weeks, duty calls. <laughs> but I'm so excited about today's guest. Me too, Kelly. Today's guest is Kristen Cofield, and I'm honored to have her here. I've known Kristen for about eight years or so, and I do consider Kristen a friend. But she has a lot of professional knowledge about being healthy through nutrition, which also applies to your skin. And you all can't see this, but Angelie is tearing up a little bit when she starts talking about Kristen because she adores her. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You can tear up on the podcast. It's okay. So, and I was lucky enough to meet Kristen through you. And now I'm proud to call her my friend as well. And um, so excited about today's topic, which is about the role nutrition plays in not only overall health, but the health of your skin, which is your body's largest organ, of course. So here's a little on Kristen's background. It's very unique and diverse. She worked her way through Columbia University with her own catering company. So that impresses me. Columbia is not exactly just a you know, an easy school to get through. And she graduated with a degree with marketable skills. She's worked in the hospitality industry and then started her own event planning company after college. She married a great guy who she's still married to, moved to the suburbs, did what a lot of us did, organized a home, cooked great meals, entertained, just was the perfect wife and mother, very active in her community. And then when her children launched, she started facing real life struggles. Boy, can I relate to this? I was a single mom. And so when my son went to college four years ago, I really struggled with anxiety and depression. And Kristen, she's going to talk about that. Her marriage got challenging. Her parents were aging, you know, she had pets pass away, finances got scary, and health issues emerged. And I know Angelie and I both can relate to this because stress really is, is a killer. It's a, it's a silent killer. She is now the founder and owner of the Culinary Cure, 
which is a consulting business and information website dedicated to helping people live younger, longer, and better lives. She's a passionate advocate for food as a medicine life navigator, and she's also a culinary wellness coach. We were just chatting about that beforehand. She reinvented her life after a devastating decade and is now on a mission to help other women do the same. She has developed a signature seven-day eating plan, which we're going to talk about today. She hosts wellness segments on Good Morning Washington, D.C., ABC7 News, and Fox 5, all in the D.C. area. She's been featured in D.C. Refined Magazine, Great Day Washington, many other publications, and she's a columnist and uh, a motivational speaker and educational speaker. Just to sum it up here for everybody, she is an eating expert. And if you could see her and you can look up her website, she's absolutely gorgeous and you would never know her age. She teaches purpose-driven women how to turn food and habit into superpowers for health and wellness and happiness instead of you know food and exercise and eating being our arch nemesis. She flips the narrative on that and, and helps women change their lives. And she simplifies wellness. What I love about it is she simplifies it into doable daily habits. So it's not something she just told me before the podcast to throw away my scale. It's not about that. It's about being healthy, Kristen is also the author of How Healthy People Eat, an Eater's Guide to Healthy Habits. Her entry-level coaching program is the 21-Day Detox and Reset, and she accepts motivated women into her private coaching programs. She also shares daily tips on Instagram, and we'll talk a little later about how you can get involved in her programs. So welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Well, that is a lovely, lovely welcome from both of you ladies. And I just want to say I love the way the world works and we find ourselves connected to other women who we can then forge bonds with and support each other personally and professionally. So it's a huge honor to be here. I'm a huge fan of both of you ladies. And I'm really excited about today's call because I think women want to know how they can harness the little things they do every day and have those add up to looking and feeling better. And that's what we all want. You know, we're all going to age, but how we age is something we have a certain amount of control over. Kristen, I'm excited to have you here because you know what? We've been talking for years. I haven't done that 21-day program yet, and I'm ready. <laughs> so walk us through this period in your life that you refer to as devastating because I've had those moments in my life and what led to your big changes so we can all apply. You know, it's, it's really funny because I look back now on that time of my life and it's like it's something that happened to me and I learned some valuable lessons and it led me to where I am now, which is such a good place. But I think so. I think my story is a little bit of every woman's story. You know, I married a great guy. I went to a great college. You know, we lived in a good community. We had three beautiful kids. I was, you know, I had a successful business. I was doing volunteer work and I found myself in my late 40s and early 50s 
And a lot of things started to change for me. And although my life looked ideal from the outside, I was struggling with real life struggles that people face. We got my my husband got into a business partnership with someone who was a taker. I'm married to a great guy. He's a giver. So that was a slow and steady financial drain on us. My father's Alzheimer's became apparent. My mother's breast cancer came back. And I found myself in what's known as the Panini generation. I'm be- I'm being pressed between my parents and my children. And I'm dealing with my own struggles and I can't really share them with anybody. You know, nobody wants to hear, you know, and and and, and you may have some experience with this, but when things start to get bad and they're bad for a long time, people don't want to hear about it. So you've got to just kind of start to internalize everything. And your your friends just, they can't deal with it. And so it becomes a very isolating and alone place. So it was a devastating decade, but it, what was really shocking is it's a slow slide. You don't really see it coming. It's little by little, you give up parts of yourself and parts of your life because you just can't cope with it all. And on top of that, I clearly had problems with my thyroid. So, you know, after a decade of cortisol shooting through my endocrine system like heroin, I had fried my thyroid. And for those of you who don't know, the thyroid is really so important for our overall health, for how we age, for how we look, for how we feel, for how we sleep. But I, like my hair was falling out. I had cold hands and feet. I would be exhausted when I woke up and then I'd get into bed at the end of the day and I couldn't sleep. You know, here I was in my 50s. My marriage is in trouble. Our finances are in trouble. My health is in trouble. My parents' health is in trouble. My, my children experience some very, very serious issues that I, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about here. And then my dog died. And I was just yeah. like, the rope like, was long. Yeah. The rope what else do you have for me, God? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was 10 years worth of rope. And one day I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, there's no more rope. I have nowhere to go but down. Like, that's it. I'm at the end of my rope. And in that moment, I knew it was, it was a thrive or die moment. I I had to make a choice that I was either going to just give up on my life. I was just going to throw in the towel and accept all this, or I was going to change one thing. Like I didn't know what I could change. So I had to really think, what can I control? And I couldn't control all those things. I couldn't control my, my thyroid cancer. I couldn't control our finances. I couldn't control my mother's cancer, my father's Alzheimer's. I couldn't control the the horrible situations that, you know, had happened to my girls, but I could control what was on the end of my fork. That's powerful. That's where I started. I started with one thing. And when I changed that input, it gave me the strength because now I I decided I am not going to put anything in my body that does not serve me. Because this is the one thing I can control. 
And when I changed that one thing, it led to all of these other positive changes that came into my life. But it was hard to find that starting point, and I had to pretty much get to my lowest point and start to build back up from there. Yeah, I think you're so right that so many women at our age, I'm in my 50s, Angela is in her 50s, we really struggle with what now, what next. And I just wonder, Kristen, you know, you said you you became very mindful of what was going into your body and what was at the end of your fork. What are some examples of the other habits or, uh, you know, other new habits that you were focused on that really helped you to navigate this personal change over time? And that's a great question, Kelly. When I started with the input, so I was looking at the, the input I could control, and that was just a couple of things. I could control, you know, what I was eating and drinking. I could control the people I spent time with. Because we all know, you know, that when we're in times of crisis, sometimes you're with people and it's, it just feels bad. You want to be more toxic, more toxic. You want to be happy for them, but it's almost too much. Like you're just dealing with so much of your own stuff. So I had to really control who I spent time with and the thoughts in my head. But when I started changing what I was eating, it had an immediate impact. It was profound. So I've always been very in tune. I was given my kids probiotics 32 years ago, but I had slid into these habits where I was waking up and having a couple of cups of coffee and then maybe grabbing a bagel on the run and then a glass of wine at five, maybe some cheese, wasn't really eating a good dinner. And so all of a sudden, I'm putting the right fuel in my tank. Now, I still can't sleep. <laughs> you know? I still can't sleep. So I'm up, I'm up at 4 a.m. So I'm like, well, I might as well just go to the gym. So I started going to the gym at 5 a.m. Now I'm eating right. I'm hydrating properly. I'm going to the gym at 5 a.m. And everything starts to change. My body starts to change. When you exercise, you create those endorphins, which are those feel-good hormones. You're actually stimulating your lymphatic system, which is helping your body to detox better. I was using hydration very intentionally and making sure I was getting between 80 and 100 ounces of water a day because hydration is so important for stress. My skin started looking better. My weight started to get better. I was sleeping better. So one thing led to another, which led to another, and it, it began to snowball in the opposite direction. And it was incredible. A great job came out of the universe for me. And that's with somebody else who's been on the podcast, Dr. Tina Alster reached out to me and I ended up being a consultant to her practice for three and a half years. But it was an energy shift and a letting go of the things that no longer serve us. And I think that's really hard for women. Sometimes it feels like we're quitting. You know, we're not really giving it our best shot. We've got to learn to let go of what doesn't serve us. And that might be things we eat and drink. It might be habits. It might be people. 
So letting go of what doesn't serve us is an absolutely essential skill to develop as a woman. I just couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. It's it's so good to hear that you came out on the other side and now you're motivating other women. Yeah, she's using that as a gift to help other women get to that other side. Right. Thank you. I was like, well, if I'm going through hell, I am sure I am not alone. You know, there's got to be some woman behind me who needs a hand, you know, who's who's got an open heart and and just is like, you know, what really happens. And I have to say it's almost sounds a little woo woo, but angels find you, you know, people find you. And they come out of the universe and they offer you a hand. They turn around and they offer you a hand. And some of those people are just meant to be in a little part of your life. And some of those people are meant to stay with you for the rest of your life. But all of them are there to help you get to the next place. And so I had to, you know, it. what was what is so hard in these situations is is that very often we have to let go of what was like when my kids were in high school, I had like this whole great group of friends and my daughter played sports and we did stuff as parents. And those people weren't meant to travel with me through my whole life. Maybe one or two of them were. So when we get to these different phases of life, it's kind of like when you nurse your last child and you know it's the last one, you know there's not gonna be another one. And you have to just sort of savor that and enjoy it and move on. And so I think the moving on is a skill we develop as we get older, where we know it's okay to let go of things. And so this is people, this is behaviors that no longer serve us. And those things, you know, they become the stepping stones that help us get to this next place where we're, we're stepping into more of our own power as women. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot about using food as medicine on your website and in the culinary cure. And Angeli has really been studying a lot about that. And I just wonder, since we, we do talk about skin on this podcast, what food should we be eating for healthy skin? You know, what kinds of foods are going to help us not only feel our best, but look our best? Oh my God, Kelly and Angelia, you're going to love my answer here <laughs> because I think this one gets overlooked a lot. Well, I, you know, I have a couple of things. First of all, hydration is the low hanging fruit of wellness. We have to start with hydration. Water is an essential element. Kristen, so we can interrupt and just ask you at this point, do you suggest everybody drinking pH balanced water? I, I add electrolyte drops to my water. Okay. And liquid minerals. Okay. And how does those liquid minerals make it taste? Because, you know, it's the first thing everybody's going to ask. And right. a little bit afraid about well, you know, taste. quite honestly, I've been using the electrolyte drops for a while now, and I like the way my water tastes with it better than without. They add a little more of a salty taste. Okay. And they're really, I find them, I, I find the water is just more I don't know. It's probably it's probably like we're supposed to be drinking water that's live. The water we're drinking is not live. It's dead. It's been through a municipal processing plant. They've treated it with chemicals to, you know, to kill any dangerous, you know, 
pathogens that might be in our water. And so we need to boost our water. And that's where it comes in adding the electrolyte drops, adding, adding liquid minerals, boosting our water with things like citrus or you know, we can flavor our water. I love herbal tea. Herbal tea is great. You got, if you have high blood pressure, yay. I love herbal tea. <laughs> so, you know, there's lots of, we've gotten so far removed from fueling our engine the way it was designed to run. We don't even know what we're supposed to be doing. People are like, I don't like the way water tastes. Well, what are you drinking? Are you drinking something with artificial ingredients? Are you drinking something that's skewing your ability to taste natural flavors? So I, I just think we have to start with hydration because our brain is 75% water. Our muscles are 75% water. All of our major organs require water to function. Our body can't make it. Our body can't, we have to get it from an external source. So that's why hydration is so crucial. You know, if you want your skin to look better, if you want to sleep better, if you want to have less stress, if you want to make better food choices, if we're even a little bit dehydrated, it affects our ability to make good decisions. And that's good decisions about everything, including what we eat and drink. Kristen, I think you would just explained all of my issues. If I just drink more water, I can make better decisions. <laughs> and let's boost that. Let's boost that water with some electrolytes because that's going to help us hydrate on a cellular level. That's going to, you know, help us get that hydration into our cells where we need it. So Kelly, to get back to answering your question, but I, I think we're on such an interesting tangent here. A big problem with hydration comes down to sodium chloride. And so salt, the salt that we buy at the grocery store in the blue box, the sodium that's in processed foods and manufactured foods is sodium chloride, which is a processed salt that's got pretty much everything removed except sodium and chloride. And the molecular structure of sodium chloride is too large to get into our cells. So when we consume it, it stays on the outside of our cells and it takes moisture out. So it's very dehydrating. So it's dehydrating and it is also linked to heart disease and hypertension and all of those other concerns that we have related to salt. So, so do you recommend the pink Himalayan salt? The salt, so salt is, and this is a conversation so worth having today because people maybe aren't hearing this and hearing this in relation to our skin. So we don't want to be dehydrated. We want to be plump. We want our skin to be plump. And we, we want that, that kind of glow that comes from being well hydrated. The salt we want to use are the ancient salts that are mined by hand. And there's a couple of them out there. Symphony Naturals, I believe is the name of the company. They have a really wonderful Himalayan pink sea salt. Now these ancient salts were formed before pollution. So there are no microplastics in these, in these salts. And that's the problem 
you know, like those fancy gourmet salts today from different places all contain microplastics because there's microplastics in all of our oceans. We don't fully know what micro what ingesting microplastics means for our health and wellness. So if we have a choice, why wouldn't we buy these ancient salts that are mined by hand? They're not mined, you know, by being dynamited, which is, you know, another problem. Sure, you can buy Himalayan pink sea salt at Trader Joe's, but how is it harvested or is it really ancient salt? Mm -hmm. we We need to buy our salt from a reputable source and those salts contain 84 different mineral combinations that are beneficial for our health. So it's not as much the salt that's the problem. It's the type of salt. And like so many things, salt has become industrialized and processed. And with that happening, the nutritional value is gone there's now a health concern related to salt and people now salts, the bad guy salts, the bad guy. Well, if you're eating this ancient salt, you're actually getting these 84 minerals that mimic our blood in their molecular structure. So they're highly absorbable and beneficial to our health. So, you know, when you stop eating salt or you really cut back on eating salt, and you go out to a restaurant and everything tastes so salty. It's almost inedible. How do you eat out and be mindful of salt intake? I feel like even in salads and salad dressings. That's a, that's a great question. And this is where it gets hard for people. We do like our conven- our modern conveniences, but so many of them actually complicate our our lives in in ways we never anticipated when it comes to food and you know your original question was you know what can we be eating to that's good for our skin and then we you know we talked we about went off my, a water tangent <laughs> we went on we went on my you know my 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 water rant and then that led us to salt and now salt's leading us to processed foods and dining out and i think that we still have to live and enjoy our lives. So what what I encourage people to do is have a 5-2 plan where you really focus on eating food for fuel because food in its most basic form are calories. Calories in their most basic form, if you remember from high school science, are energy. So food is fuel. And if we are putting the right fuel in our tank, our engine should be running smoothly without a lot of problems. And our body should be able to develop that resilient wellness, which when something does go wrong, it allows us to heal and recover. So five days a week, focusing on food as fuel, you know, cooking, and and I say, you know, guess what? Cooking doesn't have to be more than, than intentional food assembly. You can, I have 200 recipes at theculinarycure.com that are quick and easy. And I'm a, I am a trained chef and I am here to tell you, I don't want to spend more time cooking than I already spent. I want to get that meal pulled together in about 20 minutes and I want to be enjoying it. 
So Monday through Friday, thinking about food as fuel and using it that way, shopping for meals, not buying random food. And when you eat out, it's really important to, you know, know a lot of restaurants have recipe, you know, they let you know on the menu if something can be low sodium, but it's important to know where your food comes from. It's important to know what kind of practices any restaurant has. And if your food is getting oversalted, you know what, just drink extra water. And then the next day, just go back to your own clean eating plan where you're using your food as fuel. Because we all know when we're fueled up properly, we have more energy, we have better sleep, we have less anxiety, we our skin looks better, our clothes fit better. We're just happier. Kristen, do you have any suggestions on if you're eating out, maybe some recommended places that you think are healthier choices to choose from? And I mean, I'd like to have some that are a little quicker eats and some that, you know, maybe is more fine dining if you have anything you want to suggest. We have some favorite restaurants because I like to eat out food that I can't cook at home. <laughs> That's just, I'm not going to make sushi at home. And of course, sushi is, you know, you're, you're getting some high sodium there in the soy sauce. But at the same time, you know, most restaurants have low sodium options. So I would go ahead and ask that if you have a local restaurant, you know, we should all be having relationships with our local restaurants anyway. We should be regulars. We should be able to say, can I get that with the sauce on the side? You know, can I get oil and vinegar on the side? I bring my own salt with me. In case I want a little more salt, I never use table salt at restaurants. I bring my own Himalayan pink sea salt. And then if I need a little more salt, I just, you know, use that instead of the salt shaker. Um, making, you know, but asking for sauces on the side. Sauces are the worst. That's where a lot of sodium happens. You know, and I just read an article that says what truly makes a good restaurant, a good restaurant is their sauces. So just to show you, that's their focus. And I was telling Trey this, and he said, you know, that's the first thing they teach you at the French culinary schools, right? There are three sauces. So yeah, you're right. So getting back to whole foods, you know, what are the key whole foods that we should be eating for skin health, for optimal skin health? So when we talk about like the healthiest things we can be ingesting for our skin, water is number one and healthy fats is number two on my list. And there are five healthy fats that everybody should know they can use. Extra virgin olive oil, extra virgin coconut oil, avocado oil, butter from grass-fed cows. And you can actually use lard from grass-fed animals. Most of us don't cook with lard, but you know that that rounds out the top five. And olive oil, you know, getting these extra virgin, unfiltered, organic olive oils. Oh my gosh, we get the polyphenols. We get so many health benefits. So the the standard American diet did us such a disservice when you know they started telling us fat is bad, you know, and then sugar and salt sort of got into this fight with each other about who's worse, the sugar, the sugar or the salt. But it's really the refined carbohydrates that were the enemy. And those were containing both sugar and salt. So, you know, we want those healthy fats and we want to eat healthy fats in our foods, oily fish, avocados, you know, salmon, grass-fed beef, 
all of those things are really the eggs, eggs, cage-free, organic, non-GMO, you know, fed chicken eggs. Eggs are great for us. But when we get those healthy fats, we stay fuller longer. Our skin loves them. Our brain love, loves them. Our hair and nails loves them. So I, I would say the healthy fats and making sure you're getting enough of them. People are very afraid of fat and, and fat is our friend. We're designed to enjoy healthy fats and people are very scared about cholesterol, but cholesterol, if you're exercising and you're eating healthy fats and you're eating a largely plant-based diet, so we wanna eat the way our great-grandparents ate as children. So if your great-grandparents wouldn't recognize it on a label, you probably should put it back. <laughs> and, you know, we just, we want to eat foods as close to their original and natural form as possible. And with, with the protein, with meat. So because I had really young parents, my grandparents were very involved in my life and my mother's parents grew their own food and meat was a delicacy. So it was not every day and it was just a little bit. It wasn't like the big, huge piece of meat on your plate and just a few vegetables. It was the opposite. Right, because meat was expensive and it took a long time to grow an animal, you know, right. to the place where you would, would slaughter it and then you wouldn't waste anything. We have become such a wasteful people. And this is so linked to our overall health and wellness. So we've gotten away from using the whole animal. You know, whereas your grand, your parents and grandparents, nobody would be throwing away, you know, any part of that animal, everything would have gotten used. And so people ask me, this is one of the big questions people ask me all the time. What do you think about collagen powder? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, how about you roast a chicken and then you save the bones and the skin and you know all those extra bits and you throw them in a pot and you let it simmer for a day on your stove with all those vegetables that are languishing in your crisper drawer and you make a beautiful chicken stock. And then somebody said to me, yeah, I, I made your recipe for the, the bone broth chicken stock. And she said, and I went in my refrigerator and it was like jelly. And, and she's like, should I throw that out? And I was like, that's the collagen. You know, <laughs> you want, that's what you want. So because of the way we eat that we, Kelly, like you and Angelia, you know, grew up eating a certain way. We don't eat that way anymore. People are buying parts of the animal. It's meat is cheap. Protein has become cheap. So people are eating more protein. Well, if you eat too much protein, it's hard for your body to digest. It creates inflammation. Inflammation is, is a, a thief of beautiful skin. We don't want inflammation. We want that right balance between protein and vegetables and fiber and carbohydrates, natural carbohydrates, the ones that come in plants and vegetables. And, and when we get that right, and we're not eating too much protein or too many processed foods, but we're eating a largely plant-based diet, we're thinking of meat more as a condiment than like the main offering. Right. 
it, it changes everything. And then the, this body starts to calibrate and, and kind of get itself right. And we start to look better and feel better and have more energy and like, like what we see in the mirror. What about fruits and vegetables? What are the fruits and vegetables that we should really gravitate to versus others that maybe are, are further down on the list? Well, grapes are a no, no. <laughs> Too much sugar in grapes. Yeah, all the grapes we get now, unfortunately, they've been, they've pretty much been engineered to be sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. So, you know, you want to mean like those cotton candy grapes? Oh my God. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you gave me some cotton candy thing, grapes, actually. <laughs> yes. You know, the problem with grapes is, so I know some people love grapes and I know this is a little hack that some people do. Grapes are kind of like the, the candy of fruit. So if you've got a sweet tooth, go ahead, get yourself some organic grapes, give them a good wash, put them on a cookie sheet and freeze them and then keep them in a bag in your freezer. And when you've got to have something sweet, you can pop one of those froze, a couple of those frozen grapes. They're frozen, it's gonna take you a while to eat them. So you're not gonna eat too many. So we wanna watch out for things like grapes. Bananas can be very sweet too, but I love bananas because there's so much you can do with them. I have a recipe on my website for a banana mug muffin. And if you've never made it, it's so simple. And for people who love their carbohydrates in the morning, you mush the banana. I mush it in its skin and then I put it in a bowl and I take a fork and I whisk just the banana until it's a liquid. I add some some cinnamon, some generous shakes of cinnamon, and then I add an egg and I mix that all up and you put it in a, a coffee mug and you pop it in your microwave for two minutes. And it's a banana mug muffin. Oh, yum. It's a great banana mug muffin. It is a great hack. You can get the recipe at theculinarycure.com. And if you bought organic bananas, you can take those banana peels. You can simmer them in a pot with, and this recipe is on my website too. It's the spiced banana peel sleep tea. You can simmer those banana peels with some water and all these herbs and spices and you cook it for you know three or four hours and then you strain it and you've got a concentrate that you can then mix with water and it makes a sleep tea high in potassium and magnesium so it helps us sleep at night and it's a very natural way of doing that and of using the whole banana right awesome <laughs> And so we know berries, they're um, blackberries and blueberries are good. I know about those. What about strawberries and raspberries? When people say we should eat the rainbow, the reason for that is that those most highly colored fruits and vegetables contain more phytochemicals and nutrients. They're very nutrient dense. So we want to be eating a wide range of different, you know, fruits and vegetables. But what's happened is we have a global economy now. So we can get blueberries all year round. They're not just a treat for August anymore. So what I like to tell people to do is I want to help you get more value for your consumer dollars. And the way to do that is to eat seasonally and locally. So when we buy food that didn't have to travel from Ecuador to, to our grocery store, 
When we go instead to our local farmer's market and we're buying food that only had to travel, you know, a very short distance, we're actually getting more nutrients for our consumer dollars. Because that food that had to travel a long distance, it had to be shipped, it had to be stored. Uh, you know, I had some blueberries in my refrigerator and like, how long have I had these things? Like three <laughs> weeks, right? Yes. And they still looked good. How long did, how long were they in the grocery store? How long did they travel? So with the nutritional value decreases in our food. So what we want to do instead is shop local, talk to those farmers, find out how they farm, you know, find out who's doing, you know, low intervention farming and you know using it's expensive to become organic and but a lot of these farmers are practically organic anyway so let's support the small independent farmers let's shop local let's shop seasonal so that we're getting more nutrients for our consumer dollar we're also going to be getting more variety in our diet instead of just eating because if i say oh blueberries are so good for your skin well, they are good for your skin. Avocados are great for our skin. But what we need to be doing is eating a big variety of fruits and vegetables. So we're getting a big variety of nutrients and that will actually benefit us even more. So when blueberries are in season, I want you guys to pig out on blueberries. <laughs> and when apples are in, eat, eat the apples. And in the winter, it's a great time to eat citrus fruits. But be thinking local, be thinking seasonal. And I have some fun recipes on my website. So here's just a fun, a fun tip I'm going to throw out. I love radishes in a salad. It feels very French. <laughs> it feels very gourmet. <laughs> well, do you know that the most nutritional part of a radish is the greens? No, I did not know that. They are like nutrient dense. So now I look for the radishes that come with the, the biggest, bushiest greens. I wash those greens. I saute them up with some olive oil or some Kerrygold butter, and I eat them on top of a baked sweet potato. And it is delicious. Oh, yum. It's, Great so, tip. it's so good. What about teas and herbal teas? <sighs> Love herbal tea love green tea green teas filled with polyphenols polyphenols are super beneficial for our skin green tea is you know a powerful antioxidant which is so important for our skin i know angelia talks about that too angelia also loves tea so i know she's got she's got a whole a whole passion for tea going and what i love about tea is when we talked about trying to get people to drink more water because water is an essential element that the body can't make. So we have to get it from either our food or an external source like tea or big glasses of water. It's a great way to flavor our water. So if you have high blood pressure, you're going to want to be sipping hibiscus tea. If you're feeling a lot of stress, you could have lavender tea or chamomile tea. You can get tea with adaptogenics in it, things like ashwagandha that, and Tulsi, you know, things that work with our bodies to calm us down or energize us or heal us. So herbal tea is just a, and tea in general is a very wonderful way of staying hydrated with extra benefits. 
I can't agree more. And you know, we have green tea in a lot of our skincare products too for topical application. And we also want to talk about those anti-cancer benefits topically and internally, because as I said before, even they even give to cancer patients green tea IVs for those polyphenols. That's just to show you the strength and power of those polyphenols in that green tea for making you healthy. I love that. I did not know about the IV for cancer patients. I think that's so interesting, but I do know I have a turmeric tea and turmeric is also a very powerful anti-inflammatory. And when we talk about inflammation, that's, and the skin dialing down inflammation really helps our skin look better, but knowing also that inflammation is a root cause of all of those lifestyle diseases that we find so concerning. So, you know, diabetes, the cancers, neurological decline, heart disease, you know, all of these things come back to having a root in this low level inflammation. So anytime we can do something that's got multiple benefits, like we can hydrate, but we can hydrate better with an herbal tea that's going to give us extra benefits, extra flavor. And that's, that's just a win-win. You know, Kristen, I've been told that no matter what we die from, ultimately it started with inflammation. Inflammation led to the cause that led to the death. You may be diagnosed with something else, but it was inflammation that led to that to start with. So just to show you how powerful inflammation is and how much we need to fight it. And, and there's a couple of kinds of, there's the inflammation that comes from our environment, the things we clean our house with, the things we eat, the things we drink, the products we use on our skin. But then there's the other inflammation that we're all dealing with, which is the life, the, the, the life inflammation, the, the, social overload, the news overload, the stress. Stress is a form of inflammation. And so it's important to remember that we can be doing so many things right, but we should be dealing also with that emotional inflammation. We should have a practice in place. You can be using all the the best products and eating healthy, but if you're not dealing with the stress in your life, that's something that requires your attention because it makes all the other inflammations worse. The inflammations amplify each other. So Kristen, I have a question about going back to hydration and herbal teas. So 80 to 130 ounces of water is a lot. If you're drinking herbal teas, does that count towards your water ounces? Yeah, it does. You know, everybody always says that, oh my God, a hundred ounces, that's so much. If I put an eight ounce glass of water from you right in front of you right now, Kelly, and I said, just go ahead and just drink this, this eight ounces of water. It's about five sips. Eight ounces is five sips. Right. Who can't drink five sips of water an hour for eight to 10 hours a day? Right. Right. Well, I've only had 64 today so far. So I'm doing. (laughs) I love, I've got these big glass mugs. They're six, these 16 ounce glass mugs. And I love them. And this is how I have my warm lemon water. So I start with 
you know, these are on my my in my Amazon store. Not that I've ever made any money on Amazon. I'm here to tell you, I think I made 12 cents. But I love these glass mugs because you can put them in the microwave and heat your water up really quickly. And I do herbal tea. I drink herbal tea all day, but I start my day with my warm lemon water in one of these mugs. If Tom Brady can do 24 ounces and he's paying the best coaches in the world, I can do 14 ounces to start my mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's a great book out too. Have you I have that book? I yeah. have that book. And I had my husband read Tom Brady's chapter on hydration. It's like the TB12 or whatever his his program is. And I, I bought the book for my husband and he's like, really, do I need this? And I said, could you just read the chapter on hydration for me? And I just want to know what's in it. And he reads the chapter on hydration. And I said, so what's in there? What's interesting? He goes, you're already telling people to do all of this. Hydration is so important. And it's so the low hanging fruit of wellness that if we can get the hydration part right, then we can get the other part right. But you can do everything right with the other stuff. And if you don't get the hydration part right, you're going to fall right back into your old patterns of behavior. So I have to ask you this question since at its heart, this is a skincare podcast. I'm curious about what skincare products you use. So I have used the same gentle cream cleanser forever. It's, it's just a product I like. It, I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that you don't want to strip your skin. <laughs> Cleansing shouldn't be a strip it down to nothing situation. You want to use a gentle cleanser that just helps keep the balance of things on your skin just right. So I use a gentle cleanser, but then I'm glad you asked this question. And Angelia knows this. I am obsessed with her skin perfecting serum. And I'd like to think it sort of came to life because of my obsession with the results that I was getting with one of its prequel products. And I have, I have worked for a cosmetic dermatologist. I have taken good care of my skin always. I'm 62. And this one product, I feel like has made a huge difference in my skin. So I use a gentle cleanser. I use Angelia's Skin Perfecting Serum, which I am like a, you know, an acolyte of, of this product. I like a moisturizer that has glycolic acid in it. That works really, really well for my skin. And I like something that's fairly emollient. And I use that on my face and neck. And then because of Angelia's advice, for the longest time, I have stepped away from retinoids and retinol because I was just, I was getting red. I was getting flaky. I just, I was like, this isn't for me. I'll just stick with glycolic acid products because they work well with my skin. And then Angelia was like, you should be microdosing on these retinol products, just use a little bit and mix it in with your moisturizer and see if that works for you. So I started doing that a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, oh my God, why did nobody tell me this? I was using probably too much product. I was getting red. I was getting flaky. I didn't like it, but now I'm using this little bit of the retinol with my other moisturizers. And it's amazing. It's like, I, I love it. 
I'm like, oh, nobody told me this. This was like the best kept secret in dermatology. And then I use creme de la mer eye cream because I have very, very, very sensitive skin around my eyes. And it is one of the few that doesn't seem to um, irritate the skin around my eyes. So, well, that's interesting. We've been talking a lot about microdosing on the podcast for, and, you know, cutting back when you feel like you're getting too red or if, if that's an ongoing problem for you, like Kristen, you have very fair skin. I have very fair skin. Then just microdose. But Angelia talks about retinol is food for your skin. I so. think that's what finally got across to Kristen is that this is food, <laughs> food for your collagen. So and when she heard that, it's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> it connected. So let's just get a little bit if we can't get a lot. It makes a lot of sense, you know, to, to just do a little bit because we know, and this is what the whole, my whole program is based on. The culinary cure is based on little habits done repeatedly that deliver big results. And, you know, it's about the overtime, the cumulative benefits of doing little things. So those women who were like, you know, Pond's cold cream, you know, and they had this beautiful skin. It wasn't the cold cream. The cold cream was inert. It was that they had a consistent skincare regime. They had a practice and it wasn't causing any harm. And it was probably protecting, you know, they weren't overstripping their skin. So, they really, they really just, and they were giving their face a massage. So, yes. <laughs> Consistency is the key. Right. In everything and baby steps. We want, we're so Americanized that we want it now. And if we don't get it now, we walk away. But the results will stay through your life if you stay consistent. That is so true. And that is what people don't understand and that's where they struggle with some of these wellness you know the programs that i offer i do offer a 21 day detox and reset because people want fast results and the reason i do that is they get amazing results and then they they're listening they got they got enough results that i can then help them turn that into habitual behaviors that will add up to resilient wellness and everything we're doing right now, I'm 62, everything we're doing right now is setting us up for the next decade of our lives. And I know we all wanna live younger, longer and better. And the way we're gonna do that is we're gonna have to do a little biohacking because the environment is set up against us. The food supply chain is set up against us. We've got to do a little extra work because we have to eat every single day. There's no mm -hmm. getting around that. We're going to be eating. So how do we optimize that for long, long, you know, longevity, for wellness, for beautiful skin, for more energy, for better sleep? And so it's those little things practiced over and over. It's like me being at the end of my rope. There was nowhere to go but down. So I had to start going back up and I just started with little things and I started doing them over and over and then good things, things started to change. So we start where we are, we use what we have, we do it what we can. That's a great quote from Arthur Ashe and I love it because you can't control everything, but you can control 
what you put in your body and what you put on your body. Kristen, how often do you offer that 21 day detox program? My next one is January. That's my most popular one. And people take this. I designed all of my programs so people can pop in and out as needed. I have my one of my signature programs is the kitchen intervention because we got to get our kitchens right. They, they support us on this wellness journey. So that's a that's a digital course that people can do on their own time. It's offered all year round. Then I do my 21 day detox and reset several times a year. So we're in the middle of one right now. And the next one will be January. And then I do a culinary care consultation where people keep a food and activity journal for me. And I help them find the starting point for their personal wellness journey. And, you know, I'm not a long term coach. You know, I'm not going to be trying to sell somebody a one-year program, what I really like to do is create programs that give people the self, you know, the self-determination to get what they need when they need it. So if you need a detox, there's going to be one coming up. If you need to get your the conditions right in your kitchen, you can do that anytime. If you need some one-on-one -on -one time with me, you can get a culinary care consultation. And if you just want to do a little better, you can just buy my book. Kristen, awesome. do you recommend that people get the culinary cure consultation before doing the 21 day detox? It can be either way. You can do it before or after. It's really a personal decision. So I'll have people who reach out to me and they're like, I can't wait to do your detox. I need help now. And so we might have a conversation and decide that they should start with a culinary care consultation. And then they might need a couple of hours of personal coaching, and then they might join the detox. A lot of people come to me through the detox, and then they want more after that. So I've really tried to design my programs to be user-friendly because I understand from my personal journey that when you need help, you want to jump in and get it. And that you can start anytime. You can just decide. I give away a lot of free information on my Instagram at Kristen Cofield. You can just, I have, I have a free hydration challenge and a free sugar detox challenge in my culinary care Facebook group. So I have a lot of free information for people who just, they, they feel like they're ready to start, but they're not ready to commit to me. So I offer them that. I just, I really want to help people do better. And I offer more free information than paid programs because I really, I want other women to be able to get what they need without having to pay for it. Kristen, do you limit your 21 day detox to so many people? Well, <laughs> I haven't yet, but we're going to be setting the January program up with a cap at 50 because I do a lot of personal consultation. This will be the biggest one I've done yet. I usually end up with about 30 people, but the January one's really popular. And I like to be able to give people the personal information that people will be at the grocery store and they will literally take a picture of something and text it to me and be like, can I eat this on the detox? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Kristen, do you have a set price for that program? So the program with the supplements is 500. I make nothing on the supplements. I, I don't make anything on the supplements. I use the supplements because they amplify the benefit. So the supplements we take are the, the doTERRA detox and cleanse and restore. 
So if, you know, a lot of people have a friend that sells doTERRA, I'm like, I don't care, buy it from me. You know, I sell it with my program at no markup. It's just what it costs me. I use these products because they're 94% bioavailable. And when we detox, we're also getting rid of the parasites, the bad bacteria, some environmental toxins that are lurking in our intestines. And then we're rebooting weight. We're using digestive enzymes. We're using probiotics. And we're also taking minerals, vitamins, and essential fats the whole way through. So I use the products because they're effective and I get an amplified result for people. Some people can't take, you know, the supplements for whatever reason, they can do the program without it. And then it's, it's 250 at this point. That's not to say, you know, I might not raise the, the price on that because I do find that I am, I like to help people with it. So I'm doing a lot of, a lot of chit chatting, finding mm-hmm. out what people are doing and eating and making sure they're drinking enough water. And the program is built on hydration. And that is, I think, a very reasonable fee for that kind of a program. So, and I, both of you inspire me so much to live my best life. And I think this has been one of my favorite episodes because it's really about women supporting women in our journey towards being the best us that we can be. But, and nutrition is at the heart of that and is at core, at, at its core, nutrition is essential to having great skin, which is where Angelia's expertise comes in. So thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. And we really appreciate your time. So appreciate you. Well, I am delighted to be here. It has been an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you two ladies at the same time. And I look forward to maybe getting together in person and, and having some avocado toast or something. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining us as well. And if you like what you hear, please share skincare moxie with your friends. You can follow Kristen Cofield and let me spell that for you. K-R-I-S-T-E-N Cofield is C-O-F-F-I-E-L-D. You can follow her on YouTube, Pinterest, and Instagram, and Twitter at Kristen Cofield, and on Facebook at Kristen Cofield, The Culinary Cure. Her book, How Healthy People Eat, is available on Amazon, and I'm going to go get those 16-ounce glass mugs, too. I want to love the glass mugs. That's right. And and everybody can just visit me at theculinarycure.com to get any of that information. And there's lots of free downloads. And, you know, I just thank you for doing this wonderful podcast because I think people like to know, I, I want the, I want somebody to show me the shortcut, you know, it can, you can get lost trying to figure it out. And I love that you're providing quick resources for people who want really good information about what they can be doing to put their best skin forward. 
Yes, absolutely. And we've had such good response and feedback because skincare is a confusing industry and knowing what to use and how much and when. So, and Angelia really is a walking encyclopedia on skincare. So listeners, don't forget to follow the Skincare Moxie podcast and social media by following the A Method on Facebook and the A Method at the A Method on Instagram. You can also follow the hashtag Skincare Moxie and Moxie is spelled M-O-X-I-E. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast so it comes directly to your inbox each week, visit theamethod.com and click the podcast icon at the top right of the screen. And finally, Angelia has agreed to answer your skincare questions personally. You can email her at angelia at theamethod.com and also at theamethod.com. There is live chat available now. So with any questions you have, or if you wanna get on a a skincare regimen, you can chat live with an esthetician. You can go there and check out the Skin Perfecting Serum and the different retinols and figure out, you get, get on there with the esthetician and figure out how you can microdose retinol if that's what you need to do. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And we really appreciate our sound engineer, Chris Hill of Knoxville, Tennessee-based HumblePod. He's at HumblePod.com. We'll see you soon. 